Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Welcome to The Big Payoff. I'm Suzanne Mushin. And I'm Rachel Bellow. And today we're asking the question, do you really need to be the boss? Which is like, do you really need to be the boss? And do you really need to be the boss? Do you really need to be in charge? Like I'm in charge of Rachel. Mm-hmm. If you've been listening to this podcast, you know that that's our relationship. And do you really <laughs> need to be in charge of somebody like me? And today is actually the fourth in our series of four, uh, Off the Sidelines, which is an initiative that we love and you're going to hear more about that is championed in Chicago by Cook County Commissioner Bridget Gaynor. She's the commissioner of the 10th District. And we're going to have Commissioner Gaynor on the show. On this show, she lets us call her Bridget. Isn't it good that her name is Gaynor, given that she's got such political ambitions? It'd be so bad if her name were Bridget Loser. Right. So we are talking today about the fantasies that you might have of running something. You're sitting there and you might be behind a desk or at a cubicle or you're a team member and you've got three layers of bosses and you're fantasizing about what it might feel like if you were actually in charge. I mean, how many times a day do you think that? You think this sucks. I I hate my boss. I could run things so much better. I have no control over my life. If I were a boss, the boss, I would have control over my life. I'm going to go be that boss. I'm going to be that boss. And I'm going to be so much more fulfilled creatively because right now I'm just doing all the projects that everybody tells me to do. And then you also want to be able to be some kind of leader. You want to be able to delegate other to other people. And really, this series is called Women and Power. And being a boss is Definitely about power. That's or at really least your that, perception of it. Is. Exactly. That's what you think. You think that being a boss is puts you in a position of power, and that that's the equation. If I'm a boss, I have power, but and, and control and control. But you need to ask yourself. I mean, really ask yourself: Do those frustrations that we just talked about are they making you conclude that you need to go run your own company? Whether that is like. A sandwich shop upstate, a sheep farm in Vermont, or I'm going to be an entrepreneur and start, you know, a company. 
Or I'm just going to become the manager instead of the, you know, lackey. And Rachel, you and I have had over the years of our career so many moments of having this bubble burst where you actually do get the power. And yet these things that you believed were going to happen afterwards don't. So we're going to be talking about that later because what we have to say about whether or not you really want to be the boss might actually surprise you. Well, here's one surprise, Suzanne. Mm Mm-hmm. You are not the boss of me. <laughs> okay, but I am. I think there actually was a moment when I really was. Really? Well, there was a moment when I really was. You were really, well, you were, no, but if I if I was paying you as a consultant, I was still oh, your boss. Yeah, well, you were paying me to be your coach. Yeah, but I was paying you. That makes me the oh. client. I'm your boss. I could, right. I, I was your boss. Uh, so um, this show may be therapeutic for you then. So we're going to get Commissioner Gaynor in the room and on the air with us because all of us have a lot to say about what you are feeling, how that feeling could manifest itself in ways that might really surprise you and take you to a completely different place in your career. And look, we want to also hear, I want to hear, Rachel, from Commissioner Gaynor, Bridget, because when she's in this room, that's what we call her. Um, I want to hear from Bridget if getting into positions of power and authority and control really do give you the life that you want. And whether you have to be a boss to get all those things that you really want that we were listing before. Right. So let's get Commissioner Gaynor into the room. Let's talk about off the sidelines. Let's talk about you and your situation. We'll be back to the big payoff in just a minute. Welcome back to The Big Payoff. This is our Off the Sidelines series number four on women in power. And today we're asking the question, do you really need to be the boss? And in the studio, we have Commissioner Bridget Gaynor, and she has listened in on this last series. And we are super excited about not only having you here today, but having solved your branding problem by acknowledging the power in your last name. Exactly. As I said, you you obviously never were around the halls of my grammar school and saw my student council posters. Don't be a loser. Vote for game. <laughs> How did that so, work? So, How did so, that work out? I mean, it worked out okay. I think I was like commissioner. Did you win? I think I was religious ed commissioner, and then nice. I was like nice. vice president of my freshman class. And yeah. So wow. Bridget, basically, what you're saying is that my joke was worthy of a sixth grade. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't there some whole TV show like Are You Smarter Than a Fifth Grader? So yes. you're already there. Yeah. Well, that is, yeah, that's, oh, wait. So Gainer's your maiden name. Yes. What's your husband's name? Kibby, K-I-B-B-Y. And you never took that? No. Wow. Why no. not? Well, because I felt like we had such an existential partnership that things like last names. Wow. No, I don't know. I have is a great re- name. I have a great name. It's easy to say. It's easy Wait, to spell. You, you, There's a lot of negotiation going wasn't on. Wasn't I so just don't, buying don't into that? Hard time. You were buying into I that. I was like nodding right. my head going, wow, right. that's so sweet. I was right. rolling my eyes over here in New York. No, we did have some talk. Just he said, we're going to change your name when we had kids. And I said, Wer- weren't you going to go to mass every week? So, I don't know. It's all- <laughs> <laughs> we're figuring it out. We're in that 25-year adjustment period is oh. the way I see it. Yeah, <laughs> You're on the long-term plan. We're on the long-term plan. You're almost to 26.2, the marathon yeah. <laughs> phase. 
Okay, so Bridget, let's talk about this question because I'm guessing you hear it a lot. Bridget, by the way, spends a lot of time with young women. Um, Tell us a little bit about the Off the Sidelines movement, by the way. So this has been, you know, it's been an incredible six months since we started this. Uh, Senator Kirsten Gillibrand led this effort and she kicked off this idea to get off the sidelines. And I heard her talk about it and we met and kind of kicked off a friendship. And it's what it's saying, which kind of comports with what we're talking about today is get off the sidelines, not only to play soccer or not only to do one thing, but just get involved, get your voice heard and eventually lead. And, you know, part of it is stop being such a helper and start trying to be a principal and take charge. And whether that taking charge is in politics, whether it's in service, whether it's in business, whatever it is, just get busy doing it. And so how's that been going? It's been great. I mean, we started, we had a kickoff in last summer, 300 people came. Now we're up to about 3,000 people that get our weekly newsletter. We're planning an amazing conference with young women. We've gotten all these young women that we've met through high schools throughout Chicago. We're planning the first Young Feminist Conference in August. And it's going to be on everything from LGBT issues, which is a huge concern for this group. Yeah, sure. But it's also young women in the response to all the the violence and issues with police in Chicago right now. because. What these young girls are saying is, you know, the boys go to the protests, they get interviewed by reporters, they get asked their opinion. No That's one, so true. No one knows what we think and so no one Bridget, cares. So Bridget, are they, when you say feminist, do, does the does the generation of women that you're talking to, are they cool with that or do they hedge around it the way a lot of young women say, well, I'm not a feminist, but... You know what? They totally owned it. And maybe it's a self-selecting group that comes, but one of the high schools, of Chicago Public High School... They did a kind of an installation on a hallway wall that says feminism is important to me because and then people started sticking up sticky notes. And for the first 24 hours, it was really positive. And then it started to be, why do you want to run everything? Why do you want to be in charge of me? Why do you always trying to be, you know, wow. and it got really ugly. And I said, I hope you took a picture and said, this is why feminism is important. Right. So this is why it's this important is it. Right. And if you think that your engagements with young boys are altogether that different than as you move up the age spectrum, really kind of the same thing. It is all on the growth chart. So they're owning it. And what we're doing is this video series now where they're going out and they're asking people why feminism is important. And I said, why don't you ask some 15-year-old boy that you go to high school with? Oh, yeah. Why don't you ask your dad or your boss at work? Because you might be the first person who's ever asked them this question. And, you know, I think about this in terms of my kids. You know, I have two daughters and a son. You can't just raise your daughters to be feminists. You need to raise your son to be a feminist. Absolutely. That is that is because really that is so true. And right. so it, it, when you know, so we launched this conversation talking about being the boss, right? And the assumption that, you know, actually in fact, part of what the assumption is that if you're a feminist, then you you should be in charge and that means being the boss and that's a lot of a lot of women have the fantasy of like, if I were just the boss, then dot, 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 my life would be so much better. Is this a fantasy that you're encountering with a lot of women? You know what it is? I just don't think we have the right language to talk about it because we get stuck. It's kind of in our last podcast how we talked about you only look for a mentor as someone who's older, richer and, and, and yeah. up the chain than you. Well, the key thing now is what's the difference between being a boss versus being a leader? How do we think about that? And then what's the difference between power and control? Sometimes we think if I have control, then I have power. You want to say, no, if you have control, you're just running all like the tasks. Yes. I just need to stop right there for one second. That is so good. 
Bridget, the difference between power and control. So a lot of women, no names will be mentioned, but they <laughs> rhyme with Uzan Fusion, um, you know, are have you know, want need, want to be in control. And if if she were to tie that knot really, really, are really we tight. seriously talking about me in the third <laughs> we person? Are, we are. Okay. If you, if you were to uh-huh. take the yes. desire to control, and yes. we've, we've both found this in our I'm businesses. I'm with you. I'm listening. If you, if you insist on control exclusively and never let go, let go of that, you actually end up in this, in this very small thing where your life is ironically out of control because you haven't delegated, you haven't let other people take that on. It's really interesting. The very worst moment, the specific, it was maybe a six-month period, it could have been nine, the worst moment of my life as a professional woman was the moment I had the most control. Yeah, I I had taken it on myself. I had a, a staff of people we were micromanaging them because we were building a brand and nothing went out the door without me seeing it. Very few meetings were ones that I didn't attend. My life was terrible. I was unhappy. And to your point, I didn't really feel like I was leading, uh, not in the sense of the fulfillment that comes from mobilizing people towards a common vision. So what are what do we tell young women then as another way to think about that very familiar desire they have, to some extent, I want to get out of my current life. I don't like this feeling I have. Well, look, the way I describe it to them so they can visualize it is to say, you know, we all want to be powerful because we want to make decisions and we want to be in control of our life. But control seems like a shortcut to power. It's actually not a shortcut to power. Mm. Because I think a very typical response of women, and we've all seen it, whether personal or professional, is I'm just going to take on all these tasks, and therefore I'm going to be in control. And I I think back to this movie. So Kevin Spacey was in a movie called Swimming with Sharks where he plays an agent. And he's standing in the hallway talking to someone, and they said, don't you have a meeting to go to? And he said, the only meeting worth going to is the one that cannot start without you. And so I think... That is a great One mantra. response is to say, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to schedule the meeting and I'm going to invite all the people there and I'm going to do the agenda and I'm going to sit there and I'm going to run things. But then you got Mr. You know, whoever who saunters in is like, well, yeah, you can't start without me because I'm here. So you want to say, which one of those people do you want to be? Oh, do you yeah. want to be the one that can't? You don't want to necessarily own the tasks. You want to own the decision. And so when you either know enough because you're the expert and you have the judgment and people perceive your judgment that they say, I don't want to make that decision until I get your point of view. That's about that's power. And in a lot of ways, it's control. But making the agenda and inviting people, that's the that's the administrative work. Those are two very different things. And I think we think, you know, it's less confrontational to do the work behind the scenes. So we gravitate that way. That doesn't mean power. So what what are the other ways, Bridget, of satisfying the urge that so many women have to to get control of their lives, to be more creative, to be more fulfilled? And, you know, their fantasy obviously goes in defaults to being the boss or being an entrepreneur, I think, or being running right, my own company. I, right. But isn't I there love, another way? Because this is one thing that Rachel and I have experienced so much in this role where we talk constantly about women and work and business topics in your life where people will say, well, I love cooking, so maybe I should just start my own restaurant. And our advice always is you have no idea 
what your life will be like when that occurs. And and moreover, you won't be cooking. Right. You won't be doing the cooking. So how do we give alternatives to this concept of if I want out of my current life, I either have to start my own company or climb up the ladder until I'm the boss or, as you said earlier, take as much control as possible? What what else could they do? So I think if you look at the buckets of your life, so you've got your work life, you've got your home and professional life or your home and personal life, and then you have this whole other section in which you can gain power that can actually feed into those other parts of your life. So, you know, one of the reasons that I always talk to, to women about politics and civic power is because, look, whether you're killing it at work or not, 3% of CEOs of Fortune 500 companies are women. And you got to shoot for that. It's why I love Sheryl Sandberg. I, it's why I love everybody pushing and leaning in and doing all of those things. The question is, you still have to look at how else you can gain power in your life. And I think through politics, through civic engagement, and I'm not talking nonprofit boards, I'm talking taking on an issue that puts you in a power position, whether it's in your local community or whether it's in an organization. When you have power in another part of your life, I think everything doesn't rest on where you are at work. And those things feed off of each other. You become more powerful in other parts of your life, yeah. and it improves your work so, life. That's so important to think about the domains, the different domains where power can be exercised. And as you suggested, if you feel powerful in over here, it actually influences everything. Do you know what we should give to Off the Sidelines as a little package? As Do you watch Modern Family? Yes. Okay. Do you remember when Claire... The, the stay-at-home mom, is upset because there's no stop sign in her neighborhood. Oh, so she decides that. to go after, I guess, sort of the version of the alderman right. to get a stop sign put in. And that's actually her first moment of getting off the sidelines. Mm-hmm. She decides, I care about this issue. It requires action, and I'm going to take action. So a whole series of events occurs, and it turns out that the person who's speeding very quickly through their neighborhood is a client of her husband's, and this whole thing occurs, and it's hilarious. But the not funny and very inspiring thing about it is that action on the show leads to her running for office. And I was thinking about that actually today. There was an event for a woman named Lucy Moog, and Bridget was there, and the senator was there, and the message was very off the sidelines-ish. And I was thinking, the bubble over my head was, okay, many of these women here have daughters of various ages. If we wanted each to give each of them one action, one action to get off the sidelines, what would we tell them to do? And what occurred to me was there is no one action because like Claire, it has to come from inside. You have to choose an issue that you actually care about that matters to you, to your family, to your life. And then I love what you're saying about you don't necessarily have to culminate that in having a political position. You can just take the lead. And Right. And every time you have one thing I would I do tell my daughters, but I would tell them even more now is every time. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two year contracts, they said, what the f- are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. You have a sentence that begins with, why is there no blank? Why is there no group for blank? I wish there were a – think about the possibility of starting that and not a company necessarily. But if you'd say – if they say, oh, if it's a – if it's just a project, that's the thing. Get your feet wet, just like Claire on Modern Family, with a project that you really care a lot about. It's circumscribed. It's doable. You're passionate about it guarantee you that gets you addicted to making a difference. Look, it's like the mantra in sales. Once someone buys something from you that's small, they're going to they're gonna do the next big thing. Once people have a success of being in charge and being that decision leader, that it leads to other things. And so I think, look, if you want to run a company, run a company. If you want to do these things, do it. The problem is sometimes that becomes such a vast and overwhelming thing. You sit in your job that you hate forever and are pissed oh, yes, about it right. and you yes. get stuck. And so the question is, take the small step right now. Just do the, do the small thing right now. And then that will lead to other larger things. I want to talk about the stuck feeling because yes. I think it's a big um, it's a big shared experience among a lot of women where their experience is either I have no choice or I can't. Or, well, where do I even start? Or I I had kid, I didn't have kids when I got here, and I was able to work really hard, and everyone thinks of me as that person, and now I have kids, and if I have to start over, it's too complicated because this – I have managed to work this out with my life. So yeah. the risks seem Huge. enormous. So what uh, – another great – I'm bringing everything from ABC television. I feel like they should be paying me. Um, So on Shark Tank the other week, they had this young man on the show who was 16 years old and he had started this business, which was genius, where he designed a soap product that was in a ball and it was an individual, quote, serving of soap. So for hotels, for shampoo, for whatever, you don't waste the bottle. You know, you go to a hotel, they give you a sample, you only use one of it, but now it's used all this waste. Totally genius. But the point of him being on the show in this moment was he was asked by Mark Cuban, so how are you affording to do all this research and the chemistry and all of that to start your company? And he said, well, I have a day job. Like I work in an ice cream store and I'm a student and I have that, but I'm using my money that I'm earning over there to start this thing over here. And I would say to many, many women, before you feel like you need to take the massive leap to quit your job or get a business plan together or get an investor, stop. Ask yourself, if I stay in my day job, And you know what? Maybe I don't give my day job 100 percent and maybe I don't have to apologize for that because maybe I'm going to actually be doing this thing over here that I love. And at the right time, I'll know when to make the leap. Absolutely. I mean, you know, one of the most common ailments fault is the perfectionism syndrome and you have to do everything. But this whole idea of taking incremental steps and not waiting until everything is totally perfect and aligned, it's a combination of that. And being willing to have a little bit of stomach for risk. Yes. Because you can't steal second while you got your foot on first. So, you know, figure out some middle ground. Yeah. Well, and, and, and honestly, sometimes thinking 
in a too too big a step is a, is a funny way of not taking responsibility. Yep. You know the incremental step is doable. It takes you off the sidelines. As long as your fantasy is something that's actually not feasible right now, well, you don't have to take responsibility. Right. It's just another way of procrastinating. Yeah. But you're doing it under the vision of like, I'm dreaming big. Yeah. This is good. I should be applauded for dreaming big. Well, you're like, but you're actually not doing anything. I would also say in the spirit of just turning the dial a little bit, you might be on a committee right now of some kind at your kid's school or at work. I remember at Teach for America, I was on the least successful committee in Teach for America's history, which I was on two unsuccessful committees that I led. One was the Timeliness Task Force. Everybody was under the age of 25. Nobody showed up to meetings on time. I let the Timeliness Task Force. Oh, that was your oh mistake for taking that job. Okay. I didn't even show up to the Timeliness Task Force meetings on time. Probably error number one. Right. Well, it can't start without you. Couldn't start without me. <laughs> Aaron, committee number two that I led was the email is stupid committee. Why do we have email? That's a dumb thing. I don't think it's here to stay. There are there are, <laughs> there are not stay, enough committee. podcast shows that we can do without saying Suzanne predicted seriously, seriously, seriously in the, the 90s email. that email would Done. never like, take this off. This is the stupidest, the stupidest thing I've ever idea. heard. But the point is, you, unlike me, may be on a committee at work or at your kid's school or you're volunteering for somebody else's cause. And instead of being on the committee, why don't you just turn the dial a little bit and raise your hand and say, I'll chair it. Yeah. Let me just step up a little bit. Okay. Stop being a helper, be a principal. And that's what we think about. And it doesn't matter what the thing is that you're being a principal of. Start there and move it on from there. Because I, I think you are so right with this idea that this, this kind of nonsense of saying, well, I'm dreaming this big dream and I'm waiting for all the stars to realize. It's just another way of putting it off and it's nice and safe and cozy and you get to feel great about yourself, about having big dreams, but you're not actually doing it. You know, we used to experience on this show all the time and Adam Yaffe, who's our longtime engineer, not first time, long time. He's like long time, long time. Um, We used to have to take callers with their business ideas and the one caller who would consistently call Every time he'd call, he'd have a different idea. Okay. And we'd go, haven't you called Can't, before? And he'd say, no. Right. We'd recognize so. his voice. And he always claimed to be from the same city, which was like, oh, well, we had a guy from Denver who sounds exactly like you. And that is also a form of avoidance. If yeah. you're one of those people who prides themselves on saying, well, I have 10 ideas and, and you're really excited about all of them. Just take one. Just take one. One. Exactly. Pick one. Pick one. It's like the Prince Charming syndrome, but in your professional life. Exactly. You're waiting for perfection to come in on a white horse. Not coming. Yeah. Take the bus. So I'm looking at Adam now and asking, do we have time for another segment? Okay, so let's take a quick break, and then we're going to come back because I want to keep Bridget on, Rachel, and actually talk about the moment in my life, Rachel was coaching me, where I made a really tough decision that ended up paying off in this spirit of control and power. And I'd love for Bridget also to share as we um, sign off on this Off the Sidelines series, which maybe it's been just too fun. We don't actually end up signing off on. Ever. But ever, <laughs> ever. We just do it every week always. But I'd really love to know from Bridget just some very um, quick tips that she would offer to people to just seize more control of your life without having that kind of capital C micromanagement control. Okay, we'll be back to the big payoff after this break.
Welcome back to The Big Payoff. Rachel and I are talking to Commissioner Bridget Gaynor about her off-the-sidelines movement and women in power. And the question we've been tackling today is, do you really need to be the boss? And I want to just tell you this a short story. And it was a moment in my career that I made a decision actually against something Rachel was recommending when she was coaching me formally at that time when I was her boss. <laughs> um, and let's I just want to share the lesson learned and also hear some lesson learned lessons learned from you, Bridget. So, Rachel, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think I had been at my same company for about eight years, 80 years. I felt like 80. I was definitely ready to go. And yet I didn't have an escape hatch. I was looking at my life. I had two kids. I might have even been divorced at the time and was a single parent. And there were zero outs for me. I actually needed to work. I didn't have another offer sitting in front of me. And yet I was miserable and I really felt stuck. And Rachel at the time was saying to me quite wisely, just raise your hand and you'll get a job offer. Come on. I mean, you're talented. Just just get out. And what I ended up doing instead which is an alternative I actually recommend to people, is I said, look, I'm going to stay, but I'm going to stay on my terms. So I'm going to stay until I see the path out of here, clearly for myself. But in the meantime, I'm going to kind of take advantage of the situation to the best of my ability while still being responsible. So I'm going to have a life. That might mean that I leave a little earlier than I was doing when I was going full throttle. You got a title change, which was important because yes. if you're going to stay longer, you wanted to leave. It, you wanted it to look like, and it was true, that you were now you had risen to yes. a new title. Yep. Which meant that I could de delegate more work and therefore wasn't in every meeting every time. But what it allowed me to do is it gave me about a year or maybe 18 months yeah. of just being where I was, but saying to myself consciously, this is part of my path out. It's not a stuck place. It's not an in-between place. And I think for a lot of women, if you just say to yourself, it's not either or. It's not that I go full throttle and only stay here if I'm going to power out every single day or I leave. And I'm not suggesting, by the way, that women go, you know, under the radar and stop doing their job. I'm just saying, ask yourself, are there ways to make my current situation livable? And, and, and what do you ask yourself first, what really matters to me right now? Yeah. And there are a hundred ways to kneel and kiss the ground, as Rumi says. There is not just one path. And sometimes, as Suzanne is saying, the path that is most surprising, that is staying and slightly doing it differently is a path to what you really want. And you don't have to, you know, bail. You don't have to take the dramatic act. So I'm wondering, Bridget, if you've had any experiences where you could share a, a decision you made or a moment where you chose a direction because you you felt stuck or you felt like you weren't satisfied with your career. Yeah, I, I do. I mean, I remember I think it was after my second I had my second child, and you, you're really at this moment now because you got oh, two yeah. babies, and you're thinking, yeah. do, I, do I jump now because it's, uh, you know, before it gets, it, it gets even that much more complicated? And, you know, that's really when I, the opportunity presented itself, but when I decided to go into politics because, you know, the, the spot on the board had opened up, and I, surprisingly to myself, was able to... I was able to secure the job politically, which was one part of my life. 
But then I was really able to make it work in my professional life, which I never would have guessed would have happened before. But you get to the point where you think, well, you know, okay, I'm willing to give it a try. And so, and that's what I brought up in that earlier segment, which is when there's other parts of your life in which, you know, things are moving at a different pace, or you might feel like it's moving forward quickly, or you're getting some success, it actually helps you to put other parts into perspective. Yes. And, you know, I I think that that creates, I mean, balance, obviously, it's always the thing we talk about. But part of the, the thinking that I went through myself, and I think about this each time you're looking to take on something new is, what is really my motive? Not what I tell people I want or not what I have to like put in my resume. What is really my motive? Like when I dig down to it and really try to be aware to myself, what is it that I really want? And honest with myself. And honest with myself. And the second thing is once you're honest with yourself, you've got to create a couple of allies. Because if you don't have a couple people that you talk to this about and they say, yeah, I can see that. That actually makes sense. And it's not some crazy fantasy of like four o'clock in the morning when you can't sleep. Um, so, So creating some allies. First, it's your motives, then it's your allies. What is the end game? Like where, you know, when they ask you that kind of existential interview question, where where do you see yourself in 10 years? What is the end game here? And yeah. is that is it even desirable for you? Or is it just one more place to kind of putter what, around what and get stuck? What are you really up to? Exactly. Like what is the path? But I do think there does need to be an exit strategy. Even if you don't want to, oh, you know, yeah. I mean, it's like that line in Wonderful Life, like, I'm saving the money for my divorce if I ever did get married. You know, what I mean? like, <laughs> you, know you, you have to have an exit strategy because even if it's that moment that says, I can pull the ripcord and no one's going to die, you know. Wait, we had on our last show, I'm looking at Susie or Rachel might remember, it was uh, we were doing our Women and Money and Amanda Steinberg, who's the CEO of Daily Worth, referred to that bucket of money, Rachel. It had the word fuck in it. It, was it wasn't. Like, it wasn't. It wasn't mad money, and it wasn't fuck you money. It was like it was like escape money. Like have a pot of money that is there, just for you, just and for that you. is just and that, that only you know about, and actually invest in it in case and you it, need it. <laughs> maybe maybe they're going to be this. This show might just have gone so non-feminist, or maybe that <laughs> I can't tell if that this recommendation from us is actually super no so we were talking about independence independence that's why. right exactly well an exit strategy is more than just financial security it's also how am i going to exit in a way that keeps all of my reputation and integrity and all those things intact yeah and understanding how that happens is part of the path right fantastic so we can debate and you as listeners can debate with us whether this series should keep going um We have so much more to say about women in power. It's kind of insane. So if you want to hear Bridget Gaynor ever again on this podcast, (laughs) just vote yes. Vote yes. Like like with your um, Facebook and then vote yes. And in the meantime, go to Off the Sidelines Chicago um, dot org. org. I think last time we got it wrong and said dot com, but it's off the sidelines dot org. Be sure to go there. Sign up. Get the newsletter. That's step one. Yep. You, just like Bridget said earlier, you don't have to necessarily go from not knowing about this at all to running for office. Just join the email list, start getting the newsletters, maybe come to an event. Come to a lunch. I mean, look, we're planning this Young Feminist Conference Come to the with conference. this amazing group of women in high school. We're doing a planning session on March 19th. Anyone am, am who's I interested? A speaker? I hope so. We're, we got, I'm going to see how many people say yes. I mean, maybe we'll see if I get invited back. We <laughs> we are. But look, you know, this is there's so much going on in our city right now. We it, it is incumbent upon us 
to play an active part. And oh, even yeah. if this is step one. So anyone who's interested in... Do they have as, to be in high school? No. My point is we're looking for a bunch of, of non-high school mentors for women. I mean, there's going to, like I said, there's going to be a bunch of presentations where these young women have a lot of feeling and passion and they know what they want to talk about, guiding them into, you know, I had a, a great conversation with a woman who's a leader in the LGBT community. And I said, who are the really smart, interesting people who are saying really interesting things? This whole issue around violence and what is the role of violence and what is the role of women to react to that? Who are the people that are interesting and saying interesting things? And we're going to be pulling that together. So, I think Great. this could be incredibly powerful. So maybe this is one of your first steps exactly. to join. Um, so that's it for today. Uh, we'll be back to the big payoff next week. If you enjoyed today's show and want to hear more from Rachel and Suzanne, you can follow them on Twitter at Big Payoff Radio and like them on Facebook at The Big Payoff. Our theme music comes from Penthouse Suites. Hear more at penthouse.com. Download past episodes and subscribe to The Big Payoff on the ACAST app or at iTunes. And you can always find us online at bigpayoffradio.com. steal second while you got your foot on first. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.